0: It's Life on Life's Terms. What's up, everybody? It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. And I'm Tom Robinson. And like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12 step program. Uh but we do uh favor them. We do endorse them. <laughs> yes, they and, work.
1: And I'm a recovering addict. Yes. I don't know. Uh My name's Chris Mandeville. I'm a heroin addict in recovery. We're here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass on Quincy Ave. Great place. Yes, lots of uh lots of resources here. Um actually tonight they're having a neighborhood meeting. So yeah. They let, they let uh, a lot of people use the space, and they let us use the space to provide you with this podcast. They're very gracious. Right. Very nice people. Um, so, uh, lolterms.com.
0: Please subscribe. The like, audio
1: podcast is fantastic. Yes, like, subscribe, share. Share this now. Um, yeah,
0: if everyone could uh, share this who's listening or at least um, maybe tag someone that might not be listening that might enjoy it or benefit yes. from it
1: absolutely we're we're just trying to um <clears throat> spread awareness spread a message um and like it doesn't matter how you get sober what you do that's you right know, we 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 endorse all pathways um exactly it, it's it, as long as you're alive and breathing yeah. you know um we could express personal opinions and i'm sure we have everybody does um but we, are, you know, it's just about saving lives. Is what it's about, and and reaching the people that may not. Um, know. it's. I was I was at an event last night, um, Weymouth Awareness Night, and it's crazy that it's 2019 and people still don't know what to do if their kids using drugs or their husbands an alcoholic. Like, right? It's it's 2019. You think that yeah. it would be well? Easy, I but mean. It's not, you know, people who don't have
0: the addiction don't have the uh, the the motivation to go find out. Yeah. what To do,
1: and they had a uh, keynote speaker. His it was uh, David Chef, who wrote a beautiful boy. Oh um, yeah, the movie that Steve Carell starred in. Hmm. Um, he's written three other books as well: uh, Clean, Tweak, and I forget what the other one was. Um, cool. But all all about addiction. It was it was really good wow. to to hear, you know, the the parents aspect of it, and you know, like what was real and what wasn't in the movie. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Pretty good. That sounds um,
0: good. You know, I was trying
1: to figure it out,
0: and and, and uh, more input, more guests input that we have uh, will help
1: help figure it out for everybody. Absolutely. You know? um, tonight we have uh, Gabe. Um, I met Gabe at a meeting actually. Um, yes. We just—I was outside vaping. I think you came outside to smoke, and we just started chewing it up. And uh, you know, here he is sitting in the hot seat. <laughs> you know, we were we were struggling <laughs> for a guest, and he uh, he messaged me and said, "You still need somebody?" And I
0: was like, "Absolutely." So yeah, saved the day today. We had a last minute cancellation. Yes. We're very happy to
1: be here. Very grateful. Yeah, we, we thank you, Gabe. We, really we want to keep this going it. every Thursday because I I know. We, we haven't done it a couple of times and people are like messaging us, where are you guys? What's going on? Consistency no, no is key, you know? Yeah.
0: You, you, gotta, you gotta be consistent.
1: Today. You know, we want to reach those people that, um, uh, you know. Need like, reaching. Yeah. Like the mom that's making dinner for all the kids that can't get out to a meeting, but she can watch one right now. Absolutely. You know what I mean?
2: That's the beautiful thing about or, technology or, now.
1: Yeah, or someone that is, has social anxiety that can't get to a meeting, can't go to a meeting because they can't sit in a meeting because it, it bothers them, but we can, you know. Yeah. Has- hashtag yeah. recovery at your fingertips. At your fingertips. So um, we're going to let uh, Gabe share his experience, strength, and hope with us.
2: All right. Uh, thank you guys for um, having me. You know, it's, um, it's funny today. Um, God seems to put uh, certain things um, in my way, just like seeing that post today and not mm-hmm. really having any... Any plans tonight? Sometimes I go to a, a men's meeting in Cohasset uh, on Thursday nights, but um, but we talked um, probably a couple months ago now. Yeah, and um, and I said, you know what? Why not? Yeah, you know, why not do it? So, and that's ultimately um, what I'm doing to keep myself going on this path. Uh, literally, since I moved down here a couple of months ago, is really um, jumping in with all I have. Um, trying to be the best student that I can, and um, just um, like I said, things seem to um, present themselves uh present uh things present themselves to me and uh and I took the opportunity to say i 'll do it so uh grateful to be here. Um, the best student, you mean b- the best
0: student of recovery or the best uh, student the of best, life?
2: Or? I would say the best student of, of recovery, um, you know, came what? in here um, 10 months ago, a little over 10 months ago, not, um, not knowing um, anything about, about recovery, knowing that there was a, a better life for me and um, being able to finally fully surrender um and i'll i'll talk about that in a minute that 's more like the strength and the hope if i 'm gonna uh get into my experience, you know um it all goes back to really um as a kid um, there was a lot of different stuff um that that happened in my life that I think kind of molded me into into this lifestyle mm-hmm. um, family history on both sides of Um, heavy alcoholism, literally flooded both sides of my family. So um, probably born with this disease. Um, With that being said, you know, there was a lot of um, traumatic things um, in my childhood as far as like me being um, very close with my my grandfather, who was a uh, Korean War veteran, Mm. and him um, taking his own life. When I was six years old, and that, oh, was, that, word. that was that was something tough. That was um, that took me a long time to kind of um, overcome or, or try to even understand or or fathom. Um, I won't get into all of the the different um, experiences that I went through, but what did they tell you at the time? At the time, you know, my mom tried to explain it. To me, I think the best way that she could, knowing that, um, you know, she was kind of dealing with it as well, and and um, yeah. you know, he left a note that kind of alluded to the fact that he may have um, found out that he had cancer, um, but you know, the and he
1: was an alcoholic, you
2: said, and he was an alcoholic, yeah. absolutely. But what it came yeah. down to for him is like he could never forgive himself because he was in the Korean War, and um, his whole. Battalion um, was killed, and he had to play dead. He played dead. That's the only way that he survived. So he never forgave himself ultimately for being the only one that actually survived that attack, where like two of his best friends um, died. And you know, so growing up and and living in that house, like I just saw him drinking a lot. You know, when when you could see him get out of control, like when he drank too much, obviously. But he was a very good-hearted. Um, person, and yeah. you know take me out for ice cream every day when he when he um, was done doing running all his errands and and everything that he did so and that trauma was directly passed on to you it was like a baton absolutely it's like here's some trauma absolutely and and like i said i'm I'm not going to get into all of the other stuff, but there was other um traumatic experiences that essentially left me being a very um, anxious individual growing up, being somebody who um, never had any confidence, okay, was kind of sitting in the back of the room in school, daydreaming, looking out the window, being like, I feel a lot different than all of these other kids in this class because, you know, they seem to have aspirations um, when it mm-hmm. comes to life, you know, they seem to be um, filled with confidence and, 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 and me trying to find my place, me trying to fit in with something really I struggled with. Uh, all the way through school, you know what I mean, and and that anxiety stayed with me through my teenage years, and like if, even me, like I go to meetings now and I speak in front of like a lot of people, sometimes like a hundred people or whatever, and I'm able to do it, and I don't have that anxiety. But like if I had to get up and give like a presentation at school or something in high school, like
1: yeah, right. I
2: would be like shaking, like.
1: And there. now, did you were you were you like most alcoholics and addicts, like you could just fit in where wherever you were? Absolutely, I you could. Know, like, I
2: could. I could definitely be a chameleon, and yeah. and in, in, in fit into to any group. That being said, I never really found the right. Right, I found the right. Never group. found your group. I never found my group. Well, you know, think about the atmosphere. I mean, we we single out ourselves and
0: say we don't feel apart, but think about the atmosphere of how much judgment there is in a high school atmosphere. You know what I mean? Everybody out there is judging everybody else on oh. the slightest little things. And you know, if you can put down somebody else, then maybe your friends will think you're cool or something, you know what I mean? It's it's a vicious uh Oh and, vicious and it can thing. be
1: it can be brutal. Yeah. Like I I it's seen tough. the I seen some on Snapchat last night and it was like anonymous questions or whatever. And like some of the questions and some of the statements that these people were putting out there towards this one person, I was like what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're
0: just trying to be funny. Yeah, They're trying right. To, trying to get attention from their friends by saying the most outrageous things, mm-hmm. and it's 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 shattering to someone with a with a uh, sensitive um,
1: sensibility. You know what I mean? It's- and and it's crazy because the the first thing I was addicted to was I think attention, mm. and I didn't care if it was good or if it was bad as long as it was on me. That right. was
2: that that was me. That was you that know? was how I got it because you know my parents divorced. When I was two. So it was um, mm. literally my mother bringing up me and my older brother. Yeah. And I was at seven. My mother did the best she could, you know, to try mm-hmm. to discipline us and stuff. But we, we you know, kind of, kind of did our thing. And like that's how um, I would get the attention is in class, is being like the class clown, yeah. being the funny guy, yeah. um, getting in trouble because you're right. Any, any type of attention um, was attention. And it was really me kind of um, saying, I need help okay um, right. e- even even way back then you yeah. know when I didn't know how to um, when I didn't even know how to express myself and, and growing up because my father was an alcoholic and I resented him for that you know from um, him saying okay uh, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna you know because my parents moved to Florida when, when my mother met my stepfather and um, he would say hey I'm, you know I'm gonna come pick you up and, and he would never show up you know and and, um, and that's you know, I was mad That's at my stepfather right for, for, for coming in because I had a, a person, you know, a male figure telling me what to do for the first time in my life. But then at the same time, I was I was mad at my dad because I, I needed him, but he was sick. And I, and I didn't realize that at the time because right. I was young, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I was totally like, you know, I remember in high school and stuff, my friends would be like, you know, smoking weed or, or drinking. And they would try to get me to do it. And I was so against it. Um, because of of what it had done to my family, because of what had happened to my grandfather, oh wow, and all this no stuff. Kidding. So I, I did not um, part partake in it. You know, it wasn't until all through high school, all through high school, man, wow. all through high school. It wasn't until I got out of high school um, is when uh, when you know started smoking weed, like most people, you know, thought it was. So uh, was it
1: more like in in the workforce, like? At one of a your college. jobs, started you started or a college? college.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, getting out, moving in with some um, friends of mine um, after high school. Some friends of mine who were older, and you know they they were you know drinking, and uh, eventually it was bound to be something that I crossed paths with. You know? Yeah, right. You know, because you was hanging once out I, at the barbershop. Once, man. once I did it, you know, once <laughs> I did it, or You know, once I took that first drink. I felt the um the calming sensation that I never had in my life. Yeah, that I'm like ease this and is, comfort. This is what I've been missing, yep. you know? This is um this is everything that I've been looking for. This is my comfort zone. Uh, I yeah. feel like I can I can actually be myself for oh, once. A
1: friend of mine described it as your tailor it made your skin fit perfectly. Absolutely. You know, like nothing <laughs> it didn't matter what was going on. Yeah, you absolutely. were
2: okay, you know? And going in through my um, through my 20s, you know, it didn't take me long to start. I got in, into a relationship with a girl in Manchester who had a young daughter who was um, six months old when I met her. And that ended up, to make a long story short, that ended up being a seven-year relationship um, on and off. And Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire, the Queen City. Not England. Not, not England, very true. <laughs> um, and she would, she would say to me, you know, you drink too much. Um, be going out with my friends I'd say I'd be home at a certain time I'd end up staying all night you know all night playing pool and, and, and she would you know she would come to me and say hey this is this is a problem mm. something you need to get help for and um, I never at that point was able to take an honest look at myself you know yeah, it you wasn't it, it wasn't a problem to you it wasn't, it wasn't a right? problem to me right yeah, it wasn't a problem to it's, me a,
0: it amazes me to think of the generations who have had that same scenario play out like the how many couples Uh, uh, for how many years the same type of thing you drink too much I don't know not a problem I don't have a problem yeah like
1: I've heard people saying that you know like older people to me saying that they had to go down and get their dad at the bar you know oh yeah or and they had to do it quick before the paycheck was gone you know what I mean on Fridays (laughs) absolutely you know and there's another another generation
0: of kids growing up right now who are going to Get, come of age and have the same thing. Yeah, I got her, it, I got with this girl and she told me I drank too much.
1: Yeah, or you, you know they they like this this generation now is like yeah, growing they, up
2: without parents. Right. Yeah. You know, nowadays it's, it's like yeah. it's it's, it's just a whole nother it's a whole another level, man. Or if they make you it know? Know?
0: to grow up with the fentanyl. Right. The world right.
2: seems so much simpler back back when I grew up. Yeah. than mm. It is now. I feel yeah. bad for these. Uh, yeah. These it,
1: even even when I was active like i didn't I didn't hear of overdoses the way that I do now, right like very rarely very hear. true, you know, very yeah. true
2: i think you know i think um I think our whole society you know they talk about like the um the opioid crisis and the heroin epidemic, you know I think it's 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 uh it's just an it's ultimately a spiritual epidemic that our that our society has, which is why you see so many of these people right falling off because if you have people who are who are spiritually fit and feeling good about themselves they're not gonna they're not gonna try out those drugs you know right that's not even an option for them you know it's almost it and and like i'm i'm with you on that i think it's more of a
1: mental health thing than yeah you know that and and we all end up turning to drugs and and self-medicating absolutely you know and everyone's talking about the opioid crisis and Alcoholism is like skyrocketing too, you know, crystal meth. Like, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, <laughs> I'll abuse it from heroin to Haganda's. It don't matter. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I take everything to the extreme. The spiritual Absolutely. component
0: of it is is—is uh, if you were m- more in touch spiritually with yourself and with with uh, a higher power, then, you know, these worldly things wouldn't make you so mentally ill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This, this path that people go down where uh, it's all material, it's all about looking good or, or, or having stuff or being tough or whatever it is. All that worldly stuff that's not about uh, you know, spiritual values has nothing to do with that and you find yourself lost. And of course, you're not going to feel right because you don't have a Ferrari or you know whatever it is. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You so. learn.
2: You learn as you get older, and you're able to, um, um, you know, you learn that being vulnerable, you know, that's what makes somebody tough. You learn that's that, right. that that, right. that being right. able, being able to shed a tear, being able to take an honest look at your yourself, your situation, your flaws, being able to openly talk about them. Um, you know, being that. able to love someone else for their flaws, right? So you're just right. like me. We're both
1: human, and and because you know? and it's and it's because of all that bullshit that we're fed when we're younger, you oh, know. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. all all of this, it, 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 it's like everything we're taught is a facade. It's 100%. all bullshit. Yeah. It don't mean nothing. Hundred percent, right. like, man. It, and and what it is is it's geared towards us consuming.
2: Yeah, you know, that's right. Like,
1: in this country, people want to make money on what they're selling, so they got to make it look really attractive and make us look attractive if we have it. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's it's, it's twisted.
2: Anyway, yeah. So you got is. with this girl, and so the, yeah. So I got with this girl, you know, and and her um, daughter had no father figure. So to make a long story short, um, you know, it was um, it was drinking at first with her until I. Until I cr- um, nearly cracked a rib, I was actually um, trying to close um, a car door with something in my other hand, and, and the top of the, of the car door hit me in the ribs. So mm. um, I went to the doctor, I went to the emergency room, and they gave me a prescription, right, for Vicodin <laughs> or for Percocets, or you know, that's typically how it starts, right? Yeah. And that started a, I'm going to say from the age of uh, 24 to 29, a five-year span of um, me uh, losing that relationship at, at the end of it because that's what it uh, that's what it came down to for me um, going to the the lowest of lows for me um, going in and out of of treatment centers knowing that. That the only way for me would be would be to escape it, and I couldn't escape it because I could never get honest with myself and deal with the stuff that had held me back my whole life since my childhood. I could yeah. never, I could never get a sponsor. I would never, you know, my pride and my ego would get in the way. I could never get a sponsor. I could never join a group. I could never take the suggestions. I would go to meetings, um, and that's all I would do, and it didn't work. And mm, right. um, it came, it, it came down to. Um, Leaving that part of my life for good The age of uh, 29, 2007 uh, One of my friends sold my best friend um, he s- Some pills, which he, he mixed with some other pills He ended up uh, overdosing This was someone who um, I made music with We had um, created an album together We had plans to go to um, Philadelphia to record the album A uh, um, hip-hop based album you know we called it uh, re- redefinition we were trying to speak out about you know changing the world and all this stuff while both of us were uh were sick you know we we yeah. were we were polluted uh, we were polluted yeah absolutely yeah. so that was he passed away june seventeenth two thousand seven june twenty second um had insurance I made the call i went into ad care hospital, and I was able to put um the 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 pills the opiates. Um, through the grace of God behind me forever um, that was when um, I, I I moved actually moved back to my mom's house my mom said you know what you 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 go through these places and, and you go back to the same people mm. and that relationship was 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 finally over the most crushing thing of losing that seven-year relationship um, obviously was the girl I cared about but it was really um, it was really the relationship I had with her daughter, who was who is now um, seven years old, because I was the only father figure that was in her life. Yeah. But no but way. at that time in my life, I was in no position to to be that father figure that she needed because I, I needed yeah. to get myself better.
0: And but you 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 may have passed a little trauma down the line, but at least you didn't die, right? I you know. You,
2: I mean, I, I got back in touch with her uh, 2013, 2015, so I don't know as if it's that, because there wasn't so much of, of it going on. We weren't, like, living together, so she didn't see a, a lot of that stuff, uh, okay, you yeah. know what I mean? It was, um, because the last couple of years, we really we really weren't, it was really on and off as far as us being together, mm-hmm. so luckily um, not. You know, in in that capacity. Good, that's great. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I got clean uh, at the age of thirty, um, turned myself around, moved back up north, had a, had a good job in Wolfboro, and um, and I was sober for over a year. Um, put the opiates behind me. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing anything. Um, back on my feet. Got money saved. Bought a car. All this good stuff and. Um, meet a girl and I'm thinking this is like perfect timing you know because this is somebody who kind of had been through the same issues that I had been through um, the past couple of years and had overcome them so it was kind of like the perfect, perfect match and the perfect storm the perfect storm no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the perfect storm it, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing it's right. just you know at that point I thought that I could drink
0: yeah, but yeah, the other stuff behind me I, yeah, I fell victim to that myself. but yeah, the other can, stuff
2: behind I me I just can't do
1: heroin or I'll, yeah, opiates I'll be or I'll pills. be able
2: to I'll be able to drink. And, yeah and I'll be able to do it in uh, like safety. normal men. And <laughs> this is uh you know, we met in two thousand and eight and life is really good for both of us, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you know, two thousand eleven. Proposed to her in two thousand mm. and twelve. Um, and and we had, um, you know, we had uh, both of us just kind of let it go by the wayside as far as, like, the the wedding, you know, it, where it kind of fell into something where we were engaged and, like, that was okay for us. And we never we never took the next step. And I mm. ended up moving down to Dover, New Hampshire in 2014. And at this point, like, things are still okay, you know. I'm definitely drinking too much, but I'm able to to manage my life for the most part. Yeah, maybe waking up, hungover, going to work. Um, Again, to to make a long story short, it wasn't until, I'm going to say 2017, that the the drinking really um, started to get out of control for me. Um, I was very paranoid at this um, time in my life. I had a lot of different things going on that I was trying to do, trying to accomplish, that there was no way that I could do that if I continued um, drinking every single day the way that I was, and and um, this started to ruin her her and I's relationship. Um, the drinking, me being paranoid, just my whole my whole state of being physically, mentally, spiritually.
0: Yeah, alcohol is so subtle, man. Compared to like. You see some raging nightmare on drugs, you know what i mean that's, that's yeah. so obvious. alcohol is just so fucking subtle, you know what I mean? It just eats away at your life until yeah. until it's not creeps, and up then on all you. of a sudden it's like, oh, you're drinking every day, you smell bad you you know blah 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 that's mm. the that's the the advanced uh, you know situation, but it's so yeah. subtle as it creeps up on you and takes away little bits of your life mm-hmm.
2: it does, and uh, at you know I was pretty. From you know, the girl who who I um, who I thought was the one for me, and and um, and I'm still in touch with this um, person today. You know, we have a really good relationship. Fortunately, that's cool. Um, but I needed to make a decision. You know, I made the decision in uh, early early July of 2017 to just walk out of my job on a Friday. You know, I had a couple thousand dollars, and I had a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. I'm not going to necessarily get into all of it, but I will just say that um, I made the decision to leave, and I knew her and I were either we couldn't stay together as is with me in the shape that I was in and with everything that I had going on. So I literally um, called my cousin. She said, you can stay with me. And what it did is, is I stayed with her for a couple weeks up north, and that just wasn't a great fit. So um, so I, I decided to go camping at, at White, White Lake State Park, and this was in the middle of 2017, and this is really like the first time in my life that I'm kind of all by myself, um, just getting out of a, almost a... Um, nine-year relationship with the person I I love more than anything in this world. And it's just me and the alcohol is really all I have. And I spent some time with my dad up there, but I just was really um, beat down, again, physically, spiritually, mentally, on (coughs) on every level. I met a pastor um, while I was camping similar to the pastor you talked about this yeah. guy's got tattoos all over him okay he saw me on the beach he came up to me and just started talking to me his name was um, MC M- uh, MC Minister Craig and he tried to um, <laughs> he tried to get me to to get help at that time to stop drinking because I told him look I need to stop drinking man nothing is gonna um, nothing in my life is gonna get better. You know, the, whatever I'm trying to accomplish and be the best version of myself, and and everything I, um, else I have going on, none of that stuff, um, none of that stuff will come into fruition if I don't stop drinking. So you knew the alcohol was a problem. Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Oh, so you'd, you'd already you already been to twelve step. I had already um, been, to but, twelve but
2: step that, uh, for you know for opiates the, for the opiates. That's
1: because right. you didn't think you have a,
2: you had a drinker problem. Right, uh, but, but I knew, you know heard. I knew deep down because at <laughs> right, this right. point you know when I I started drinking probably in like 2009 you know it's 2017 I don't think I skipped a day once I once I got going you know yeah. so let's say like seven eight years straight right mm. and yeah. then I, I'm running out of money on the beach and I'm literally just like. At this point, I'm, I'm almost like mad at God. Because like I, 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 I've always been a um, very spiritual person who, who always knew I had like, angels over my shoulder. No matter what I went through, everything was going to be okay. Mm. But at this point, losing that relationship, ending up where I ended up, although I put myself in that situation and I couldn't come face to face with the decisions that I had made, which were bad ones, You know, I turned my back on God at that, at that time. Mm. And that's really started the last um, nine months... Before I got clean, it was, um, I got a call two days before, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do after I'm going camp and applying for jobs up there. And, and God was still looking out for me saying like, you know, maybe it's not meant meant for you to live up here, but my, my boss had called me back. And I think God put me in the situation he did the past nine months so I could get help. And I'll talk about that. It's like my boss called me and said, you've had three sales since you've been gone. What do I got to do to get you back? I'll get you a place, whatever you need. So that's what he did. You know, end, end up on Hampton Beach, okay?
1: Really? Yeah. End up on,
2: on Hampton Beach in September, so going into the wintertime. Ah. And again, um, <laughs> by myself, you know, without that companionship, without that other person um, being there. that's That that could be good. Yeah, Or it could be bad. Oh. Or it could be bad. <laughs> I'm going to explain to you why it was bad. All right. Okay? <laughs> Uh, it well, it was bad and it was good because it led me here. There you go. Mm. All right. It um, it started uh, the next nine months. Um, you know where I started drinking more than I had ever drank because I was um, literally, I was I was just broken, man. I was I was lonely. I was, um, you know, I I just didn't trying to find the solution. I was trying to find – I was trying to – yeah, I thought I had the solution to a lot of different things, but I didn't even have the solution for myself. Mm. Um, Mm. And what it took was a a nine-month span of daily drinking, okay? Um, I took a trip to see my parents in Florida last year, my mother and my stepfather. And, and, uh, and by the way, like Daily social blackout drinker. Daily social blackout drinker. And by the way, going back to like that nice. stuff and the, and the resentments <laughs> I had, like, you know, um, when I was a kid, you know, I've been able to let a lot of that stuff go even before I stopped drinking, like with my father and stuff. And I have like a wonderful relationship with him. And he stopped drinking on his oh, own cool. like eight years ago. And he's like nice. a new man now. So, like, I don't look back and say, hey, you did this to me. I don't live. Um, live with all these resentments I'm able to like yeah. like understand things for what they are and, and and understand everybody's at a certain place in their own life and they do the best that they can given the situation that they're in so yeah, I never that's, really thats awesome. Man. I never really like held any resentments like me and my dad are, are, are super tight same as like me and my mother um, but what happened last spring which was really a gift for me was I started to um I started to lose feeling in my extremities. started to lose feeling in my feet. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I started to um, lose you know, my legs sometimes. I'd have to park my car kind of far away from my work, and, and it'd be like a half a mile walk to work, and my legs, a, legs would feel like they're like 50 pounds each.
0: That's a medical condition brought on by alcohol, and I learned about it, but I'm blanking on the name of it right now. It's,
2: it's like called a, neuropathy, and, neuropathy, and, and, and it affects... Everybody differently some people could drink for 60 years and never get it. Yes, Thank remember. God that I got it because it scared me so much from April to, to June of last year before I got sober. It was it was really that um, brought on by these crippling anxiety attacks you know when I would get to work on Monday, a couple of days having to leave work early, driving mm-hmm. home from work literally saying to myself, am I gonna have to drive myself to the hospital?" Um, right now because I thought I was literally having a heart attack or about yeah. to go into a seizure and it was more um, more of the neuropathy you know what happened was is that pastor that I met on the beach in 2017 you know he didn't forget about me he got my number he kept sending me texts um, every single month he would check in he would send me a text I knew last June something needed to change and he sent me a text one morning and he said you know there are no coincidences in life. Um, God places uh, God places people um, mm-hmm. that cross our path for a reason, a season or a lifetime, a season or a lifetime, it's... man. And I said, you know what? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Not only that, I was getting signs like everywhere. Like I would, I would, you know, I I, I see signs in a lot of different ways, man. Like I don't know if it was because it was New Hampshire or whatever the case was, man. But I'd be watching TV, okay? And literally, like, every other commercial would be like, are, are you r- struggling with alcohol? <laughs> Do you need help? Please call 1-800, you know. Yes. Peripheral neuropathy. Sorry. Per- yeah, yes. right. that's I'm what it was. It. I'm over it now. <laughs> I would, I would <laughs> be standing in, in line for a coffee, <sighs> and uh, I would be dizzy, man. I would be dizzy like I couldn't even stand up. Hmm. So it was totally affecting all of ah, all of my nerves, and I didn't find out about this until I said, "You know what? I'm going into the hospital today." And it's of your ask-
0: feet and hands that it brings on, mostly. Yeah,
2: it does. It was my arms and my and my and my feet. Yeah, and I went into the hospital, and I said, "I have a problem with drinking," and for me, to admit defeat was such a difficult thing for myself to do because of my my false ego, that false pride that I have. Right. Um. You know, everybody thinks for me like life has been really good for the past 10 years and i'm kind of living with this secret of like i i drink way too much and it's it's is presenting problems in my life and the reason that i drink so much especially um being as lonely as i was for the past nine months nine months was i turned my back on god man i had that literal Mm. that literal whole in my soul, and that's what I used to fill it was the alcohol, and it didn't right. work anymore. It didn't work anymore, and, and the beautiful thing about it was, like, I got the neuropathy. Like, if if that never happened to me, if I never got those anxiety attacks, I may still be doing the same thing that I was doing. Yep. So, at the timing um. of it all was a, 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 an amazing gift, and I went into the hospital, and... They said, everything's going to be okay. We'll take you. And they kept me for three days, and I was able to to stop drinking. And I said, I got to get into a program. So I I was out for four days. I went to a meeting every day. I didn't drink. I was um, June 22nd. Technically, the sobriety date is June 23rd because I drank in the early morning of June 22nd. But Mm. um, I went to Turning Point in Dover. It was a 28-day program. They had a 90-day program after that. They graduated me early. They said, "We think you're doing great. We have a spot for you. We don't. We cannot promise that spot to you for the 90-day program if we do not graduate you early." They graduated me after seven days. So, wow, yeah, I had a lot of people with resentment against that me that, that were that were waiting, you know, to, so to what, get out of what there. Was, what was the story behind that? What do you think? They're like, we want to make sure the story he's behind that. 90 days. Um, I went in there be being. You completely open-minded, willing, and honest. I don't think that they were getting that from um, a lot of the people in there. Oh, they had could
0: tell you weren't faking. Great funk.
2: meeting with my counselors. Yeah, I'm um, telling them what my plans were, what I wanted to do. Absolutely, 100. Um, percent That's what it was. And they uh, said, you know okay. what? We're gonna we're, we have a spot for you. We can't promise you this in three weeks, so we're gonna bring you down now. So and they it, knew
1: all you were spitting wasn't Fugazi. They, they right. knew like all student the students serious. All right,
2: this is true. Yes, that's and, good. and when I got in there, man. It's why I'm doing what I do now because I got so much hope from hearing people come into those meetings and speak and talk about um, what they were doing. People with three months sober, six months sober, nine months sober, ten months sober. Mm. You know, they'd give me all the counseling sessions that they wanted, all the all the one on ones, all the group things. The thing that I got the most out of was the AA meeting. At the end of the day, when I saw people like me that were coming in that were talking about their experience, their strength, Go mostly ahead. their hope. Okay. <laughs> and that's really what I want to focus on at this point because um, from there, I just became a sponge. I, um, I got a sponsor, and he said, join a group, and there was a, there was a group um, right there at the, at the center, so I became the greeter, so um, I got involved. Nice. I got to shake everybody's hand who walked through the door. I got to know everybody on a first-name basis. And people don't realize how important
1: and, and, and how, how much you can benefit from those little jobs. Absolutely. Like, for someone that doesn't want to talk to people or can't talk to people, yeah, man. like, you're put in a situation where you have to, and then it yep. becomes comfortable. Definitely. And, and you just, you know, greeter, collection, all those. Right. Uh, I don't want to do that, you know. But that, that
2: stuff's important. It is, man. And uh, I made that. Track while I was in Turning Point. I was in there for 90 days, so I, I made that song. I sampled Bill Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was um, that was cool to share it with the other people in there. You know, I was in there with a lot of kids that were in the in their 20s and stuff. And what's and the name of the song? The name of the song is Turning Point. Turning Point, which is the name of the place that I went through. Because is it on that YouTube or anything, it's on SoundCloud. It's on SoundCloud. Yep. SoundCloud. All right, it's on SoundCloud. Nice. go, and, and go and check I, and it out. I, I um, Bill. Uh, Bill Wilson, I, I, I put him in the song and, um, it was cool to, to make it is what I, you know, kind of do in my free time is try to make music when I can. But, um, you know, I got, the reason that I went to turning point was because I knew I wanted to fight this disease the right way. The reason that I got a sponsor is that I knew I wanted to fight this disease the right way. I knew it's kind of like, you know, the karate kid, I could read the big book, all I want. Like the karate kid, you know, he read that book about karate. He wasn't very good at karate. It wasn't until right, he got right. Mr. Miyagi in the picture and kinda yeah. had to show him the way <laughs> uh-huh, that right. he he knew how to fight. So dude sanded a lot of duck. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He definitely did. So um had a great sponsor, involved in a group. So by the time I left there, which was in early October, um, I was I was ready to get out of there and Um, I had done what I needed to do to get my defenses up to leave that place, and Mm. um, went to a sober house because I thought that would be the best thing for me. Had people around me who were in sobriety, and um, ended up landed in a good sober house. A good sober house. I left after a month, to be honest with you. Like I had a roommate. He snored, and he had this rooster alarm clock that went off at 5 a.m., but I went to another safe place. <laughs> I went to another safe place from yeah. there, um, which was in the town that I worked in, and I and I stayed there. I'm still going to, because I did the 90 and 90, 90 meetings in 90 days, like they, they tell you to do. Mm. Um, and I was still going to four or five meetings a week before February came, and my boss said, we're closing the New Hampshire office. Uh, this is um, These are your options. You can get a new job. Oh, my God. Or you can move to Massachusetts. And I said to myself, I got to stay. I mean, I've built up a sobriety network. I've got my sponsor here. I've got my home group here. I've got all, my, all these new set of friends that, that are in recovery. Mm. I got to stay. And I would, I would talk to my boss about that. And he would challenge me on everything that I said. And they say, surround yourself with people who challenge you. And that's exactly what he right. did. Right, so that you elevate your game. And you know what? Uh, what it came down to because i'm like you know there was something in the back of my mind was saying you know what maybe moving down there is the best thing for me even though i don't know anybody i don't even know where i'm going or how to even get anywhere once i get there mm. Mm. came GPS. down to me came down to me flipping a coin man okay really? god really really god you went with a 50/50 wow. i went with the 50/50 i said god um, you tell me which way to go heads i stay Tails, I go. So, he landed on tails, and I said, uh, said, I'm going. And at this point in my sobriety, I was probably getting a little stagnant. You know, I was on that pink cloud for about six months. Mm. And then between uh, months between six and eight... I got a little stagnant. You know, I'm still doing what I needed to do and, and all this stuff, but... For people who don't know,
0: the pink cloud is, is a time period that people refer to that um, is kind of like you feel really good when you first get sober because a lot of things start feeling better, your physical health and whatever, whatever, and then uh, it fades after a while, and that's where the, the tools pick, kick in. Yeah. And
2: reality reality hits you. Yeah. yeah, It's bound to happen, so... So I moved down here in February, and, um, and, and actually a, um, a guy close to me at, at, at work who kind of helped guide me um, those four days between when I got out of the hospital and I went into the program about going to meetings and stuff because he's, he's in the program too. Um, he brought me to a meeting my first day that I went to work on Monday. He said, I wanna, I'm going to bring you to this meeting, and I think it's going to help you, and, uh, and I raised my hand at that meeting. And, and nice. this is what the program taught me, and this is what I knew about moving, and I knew about this program, and that's the beautiful thing about it, it that it is truly a fellowship, it is truly a brotherhood. I knew I could go in, I could raise my hand and say, um, my name's Gabe, I'm an alcoholic, I'm new to the area, and I need, I need some help. I need some people to, to, to kind of guide me, okay? Yep. That's what I need. Again, trying to be the best student that I can. And I, I must have had 15 people who came up to me after the meeting. And they said, hey, have you done commitments? And I said, you know what? I did not do commitments up north. Uh, my home group did not go on commitments. We're going to Father Bill's to speak at the homeless shelter in Quincy. Come with us on Wednesday night.
0: You know, it's beautiful. They didn't say, like, hey, you know, you can hire me and I'll tell you. Or, hey, you know, uh, you know, what do you have for me, that you know, you can exchange for this knowledge or this fellowship, or yeah, right. They're just like, here, I want to help you. I don't know you. You're not even from around here. I'm going to approach you because you asked for help, and I'm going to do everything I can to help you.
2: And that's the beauty of it. It's unbelievable. And uh, from there, I mean, the past couple of months, I can't even describe how much. Like, and and let me just get this straight because I I still really don't know anything okay all i know is is that if i keep doing what i'm doing which is going to four or five um meetings a week at this stage okay if i keep um raising my hand if i keep going on commitments once a week which is what i've been doing and speaking at different places um trying to pay it forward Mm. okay trying to give back what was given to me when i was early in sobriety we go um Our our home group, Cohasset Unity Group, you know, we speak at Spectrum. Uh, We go down to the Matsey in Brockton. Uh, We go to Father Bill's. We go to, um, uh, there's at least a couple a week. And I I try to go on one of them a week because not only is it great for me to get out and speak and tell my story and try to give Mm. other people hope, but it's also great for me to connect with my group members on those rides to the meeting. That's the most important thing. And then the the
1: rides home. It's like a, it's like a, it could be like a three to four hour meeting. It's unbelievable you know and <laughs> you really learn about people like it's it that stuff's imperative to to recovery Absolutely. you know like yeah. having those people that get to know you enough where they're gonna call you on your bullshit i remember when i one you of know? the time one of the many
0: times i tried to get sober before i actually did there was this old there was this old time i think it was from like kingston or plymouth something like that plymouth and his name was charlie and uh he was like a million years old and uh he would go we'd go on commitments, and he would take like all these weird roads and just drive all over the place. you know what I mean It would be like fifteen minute ride, but we'd take an hour to get there <laughs> yeah. we get all talk in the car, you know what I mean yeah, right, so, but but he did it on purpose, I'm yeah sure. on purpose, absolutely, yeah either that or he was already real senile or something like that, <laughs> so either way,
2: it worked right right, <clears throat> so it's been good i mean i i um one thing again, all this stuff that that God is 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 putting in my way. Where he landed me, um, like a month ago, a good friend of mine in the meeting um, said, "Hey, the Matt Talbot retreat, Matt Talbot forty one is uh. coming up in a month. We we want you know, light, I think it would be good for you." I'm like a sober retreat, you know. Well, I, all right, you know what? At this. Don't say no. That's what they say. Somebody asked you to do something. Don't say no. I said, this can only help me, connecting with 60 guys who are super serious about their recovery. It was a men's men's retreat. It was a men's retreat. And and that's what I've learned is, like, you know, there's people who go to meetings. And I'm not judging anyone. But, like, you know who the the serious ones are who are walking the walk. And that's who I've tried to surround myself with. And that's really who was at this retreat. It was last last weekend. (laughs) Was Um, it at Holy Cross? It was in Wareham. Stone? Oh, okay, Wareham. It's switching to Stone Hill now. Oh, now, is it? so the next one will be at Stone Hill. Yeah, yeah. this was the last huh. one of the Matt Talbot 41. I was like, you know, maybe it's meant to be because I turned 41 the day that it ended. So, oh, really? Uh, um, <laughs> what? You know, God, has God, good, God has a funny sense of yeah, yeah. exactly. God um, shot. And um, I love that shit. And love it. I, You know, I have. I'm trying to create balance. Like at this at this stage in my life, like I know. Um, Um, again, I don't, I don't know a lot, but I know if I keep going to meetings, if I keep speaking and if I keep, um, working with my sponsor, I have a great sponsor down here. We are digging in to the steps, um, about to get into the, um, third and start the fourth step because I understand that's where the meat and potatoes is to, to deal with all the, the stuff in the past. Right. Um, you know, um, to finally free myself from from all this stuff, like everything is great. Like I have a just signed up for like a six weeks uh, six week fitness course is starting um, next week, and I'm go- I did the signed up for Landmark, which is in um, Quincy, which is like a three day seminar to to kind of further my myself in my personal life to obtain the goals that i want to obtain and also in my Mm. professional life at my job to become a better salesperson
0: yeah i've I've Um, heard i've heard my father did that landmark i guess there's there's some something to it yeah uh they um they can be a little over the top as far as when you when they're done with that when you're done with that stuff they try to get you to get all your friends in there and all that stuff Mm. but i guess there's something
2: to it i supposedly it's supposed to be pretty good you know, I don't think anything is a coincidence. Someone sent me a message about it, and I was like, "Hey, I'll go check it out." And the way the stars aligned, it worked out. And and I'm I'm going to do that in June. It's not,
0: nece- it's not necessarily with uh, addicts and
1: alcoholics. Either. It is not. Right, nope. Right. Nope. Right.
2: It's just something. You know, I feel that I can, I can just try to better myself, and that's really what I'm I'm trying to and focus. on. And that's on. the
1: thing. Like we, it doesn't. Everything that we do in life doesn't have to revolve around recovery. It doesn't. But spiritual growth is is, if we are uh, to do anything in our life we have to maintain that
2: recovery maintain that recovery and you might have just said the most important thing is the spiritual growth aspect yeah because when i moved down here a couple of months ago um, i met with um, somebody who everybody in the home group kind of considers the spiritual advisor of the group
1: oh i think i know who you're talking about a, John?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He gave me Love a cross and that stuff. Dude. I was having these nightmares and he's like, Here's a cross, put it by your bed. Spiritual, and it won't happen anymore. And he was right. They spiritual didn't. John. Spiritual John. He's 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 like Yoda of AA, okay? Literally. <laughs> this guy's amazing. Okay. I wanna soak up all the all the information I can yeah, from this guy. So I went nice. to his house and met with him. Is he and, short? Uh, yeah. Oh. He is. He, he, <laughs> he's uh he's not green. He's he's <laughs> No. he's um, he's unbelievable so you know trying to connect with him I had a conversation with him he said are you praying I said yeah how you praying I'm praying in my bed get down on your knees and pray mm. you're gonna you're gonna humble yourself you're gonna open up a new connection to God you're gonna be able to talk to God better and, and and start to build a true relationship and that is exactly what I started doing and I've been doing that the past two months and like I said God ever since then God is showing me on a daily basis that he's listening to what I'm saying okay mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm an advocate I'm a I'm a I'm a believer in the niche yeah it's like it's the way someone broke it down to me was all right you're trying to get close to God right yeah Okay So get down on your knees Get closer to the earth Which God made Yeah Therefore getting closer to God there So go. Absolutely so Last weekend <clears throat> We went to your group's um, Breakfast That they have once a month Yep Hey we. This lady 97 years old 66 years sober Spoke Wow at Bill Wilson's twenty eighth anniversary, mm. she was up there dancing around. And it was <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. I should. It just dawned on me. I should try and get her on here.
0: Yes,
2: I she- heard that meeting was amazing. It was. I went to see her in uh, Marshfield last Sunday. Yeah, yeah. She was she speaking in Marshfield ca- the next ca- day. She called. Um, she was having some, some issues, um, health issues, so uh, she wasn't she wasn't able to speak. But you should have seen how many people um, were – how many cars were, like, lined up down the road to see her speak. Listen, mm-hmm. we just went to
1: this breakfast expecting to eat breakfast. Well, we knew there was a meeting after. But one woman got up. She shared – she's run, like, 13 marathons. And, like, a, a lot of it was while she was still active. She had an amazing story and then they call this other lady and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and waiting. I'm like Where's Where's the other speaker? <laughs> she was only a couple tables away, but she's ninety seven. <laughs> you know? But she got up there, she's dancing around. Oh listen, the stuff that came out of her mouth was awesome. She was she was one of the one of the better speakers that I've heard ever. And and it was to to be up there at ninety seven years
2: old, it's amazing, very cool,
1: and one hundred percent with it. You know, yeah, she's yeah. like the only thing I can't do is I I just can't be alone anymore because I burn too many things. <laughs> so, but it was yeah. just an awesome way to kick off the weekend, and I I heard that she was going to speak the next day. Yeah, but she she was like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of like a circuit speaker now. Old old lady from New York, she's awesome. Cool. Great. Great very speaker. cool.
2: It's very cool. So it's a, it's a real gift, man. My life today. Um, you know, I know it's 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 going to keep getting better. But like, I really like wake up every day, and I'm just like, I I can't believe it. Like when I when I made the decision to turn my life around, like I knew there was a better way for me. But mm. little did I know, um, how how far you know. I, I feel that like I've come like leaps and bounds. And again, right. I, I still don't like. I'm not going to pretend like like I have this thing figured out because I definitely don't. I'm just I'm just keeping it simple like they tell you to do. I'm going to meetings. Um, I'm involved in my group. I'm um, I'm connected with with so many different people. Um, I see posts on Facebook like this, and I say, you know what? I'm going to go do that because it just um, furthers right. my recovery efforts and keeps me. I'm focused on exactly what I need to be focused on uh, which is which is another day of sobriety. It's one day at a time and uh, I've been able to put together almost eleven months so next uh, month you know by the grace of God I'll be able to to say hey you know i've i've um I've done it a year and um, hmm. now i'm I'm diving into the work and i'm um, I understand the steps are um, are really the the way to um, like if you're say, feeling this good now. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine what you're
1: gonna feel like after. Yeah, you ready, know man. that fourth s- dimension is gonna be, you Four. know, <laughs> it's it. It's such a a better way of living. Um, and if you had like written down what you had expected, fair to say you would have shortchanged yourself. I would have
2: one hundred percent shortchanged myself. You know, yeah. I would have never seen myself. Living in Massachusetts for one, I mean, just just the the way that the the stars aligned and me ended up coming here. I'm
1: just gonna tell you now, like where you're at. It's going to get crazy in <laughs> about a month.
2: This All is what I hear. This is what, and and there's a misconception about you know people from Massachusetts and New Hampshire because everybody puts you in one category based on on how people drive in Boston. You know mm. what I mean? So everybody's <laughs> a bad guy down here, and I've come to to find out that that's not the truth. There is a <laughs> some salt more. of the earth, golden people down here. The only, will thing, be revealed. the only thing that's bad down here are the roads. Yeah. Oh.
1: Bad roads. New Hampshire got good roads. I did a lot yeah. of work up there. New Hampshire
2: yeah. does have good they roads. I used to work for Linesstripe yeah. Company. They take care of their roads. And the, the roads and down even here. it's even just...
0: a little bit colder up there than it is down
2: here. They use way more salt, like way more snow. It's yeah. like, Yeah. you know. It's, it, I never would have thought I would have ended up in Massachusetts. It's so funny I landed here. But I'm going to be on the beach and... Uh, I'm looking forward to having a great summer and yes. have a good job and like I have connected with so many great people and I'm really glad that you guys, that we were able to connect and right. I'm planning on making some more recovery theme music and maybe, maybe put something out in, um, August. Good stuff. Nice. So yeah, I'm know. just trying to we'll trying to stay it. focused on uh, uh, on the right things, and um, like I said, God God keeps leading me in different directions, and and I keep uh, following His lead. So He's in the driver's seat, and I'm, nice. I'm just uh, I'm just walking the right, trying to walk the right path. Man. Yeah, it was, it was it. great.
1: Great talking yeah. to a woman last night, and you know she was talking about her son, and and he's in a, a recovery center, uh, uh, sober house, and. She was like, you know, ah, he, he, he doesn't really know what to do. And, like, he, he does this and then he stops. And I'm like, listen, I don't know what this what the magic formula is, but I don't ever try and subtract anything from it. If I do anything, I add to it. Yeah. You know, because I don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. But, like, you know, they say it around here all the time. If you're not growing, you're going. And, 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 and like, we have to grow spiritually. I've seen people doing this work doing the deal doing everything they need to do but staying like you said stagnant and and not grown spiritually and and you know it ends up catching up
2: You look at the people with long-term sobriety and uh, that's the thing that I respect really about a lot of the meetings around here is there's guys with 30, 35, 40 years. They're still Mm -hmm. going to five, six meetings a week. And I'm like, wow, they have 30, 30, 40 years and they're still doing it. They say, well, this is because it works. And and, and they've been through the steps and you see those people and you say, you know, that um, I'm, I'm trying to follow their lead. I realize like, we all are writing our own story. Yes. And, and, and right yep. now, I can, I can say, like, I've, I've been able to turn around my story from where it was heading last June to a story of um, victory, you know? And, and if the thought of a, of, of, a, of a drink entertains itself, you know, I think of, of my story as like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books, right? You remember mm. those books when you <laughs> were a kid? Yes, yeah. right, yeah. Take the drink. And go back to the dark ages, okay? Go back to the dark ages where um, you were lonely, you were depressed, you had no hope, you had no faith, um, you had no confidence, you had um, you know, a hole in your soul, or, or keep walking this path, which is me um, doing exactly what I'm doing, trying to, trying to fill up that hole with, with mm. all the light that I can. Um, so, you know... Thankfully for me, the obsession has been removed. I've asked for it to be removed, nice. and um, it's not something that that I that I think about uh, anymore. Thank God, I'm just um, just trying to stay focused on the right you, stuff.
1: It's so. funny you talk about that. Choose your adventure. I, I I just watched a movie on Netflix, and it was like that. It was uh, Black Mirror, and like you picked what happened next in the story.
2: Really? Yeah. It was very. I interesting. was like, oh, that's wild. Wow. They, they were bound to come up with that. Yeah. Right? You know, like, it cool. the but stories. then.
1: When it doesn't play out right, it goes back, and now you have that choice that you didn't take, and another choice. Oh, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's "This neat. is pretty cool."
2: <laughs> yeah, those so. books. Yeah, those books used to be great. Good Played stuff,
1: man. It sounds like so. you are trudging the road, happy yeah. destiny, doing doing what you need to do, and uh, it's working yeah, for you. you oh, it only gets better. Yeah. It's, so I, I appreciate you reaching out. No problem. Yeah, you're no, you're saving the, the day. day t- saving the day today. Um, you know, maybe we, in. You know, the fall we can have another. Absolutely, you know, come back because we're doing this thing where we we uh, once a month we're trying to have people back on that we've had for a discussion. Do a meeting. discussion four at a time. Four people or four of us.
0: Yeah, doing yeah, a discussion meeting. Hopefully, the the uh, week after next is it will be our second one. That's our yeah. plan. So, um, but uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. Yes, lolterms.com. Uh, please, please subscribe to the audio podcast. Please tag somebody in this uh, Facebook post. Um, if you have a, a topic yeah. for us to discuss a week from thir- next Thursday, then uh, you know, message us uh, on
1: Facebook. And also, if anyone anyone wants to come on and share their experience, strength and hope, share their story, share their foundation. We don't even, we have people on here that aren't even in recovery. We have people that are just affected by this disease. Right. Um, And also,
0: um, clinicians and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, social workers or, uh, yes. Therapists who would like to come on and share their opinions and their experiences on, on addictions. Absolutely. Uh, Anyone interested in that, if you know anybody who, who would be willing to come along and, uh, Help us figure this thing
1: out. Yeah. Let's uh, help us help others. Let's do it. It's a daily fight. Yes. All right, people. Peace. Peace. Peace.